Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining another podcast. Uh, my name is Mondo McHale. I'm the Systems and Solutions Architect for AD Link Computer. Today, we've got a, a very, very interesting topic. We're talking about uh, AI and security for edge compute, but focused on the medical field. Uh, I'm very pleased to have uh, Maciej Halash from TimeSys Linux. He's the Vice President of Business Development and Technical Sales. He has 25 years experience in the embedded computing with a focus on embedded Linux and real-time systems. Hi, Maciej, how are you today? It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you, um, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me, Mondo. I'm excited uh, for the discussion today. Yeah, th this is especially uh, an interesting discussion today. So today's discussion is, is AI security for edge compute, but specifically focused uh, on medical devices. Uh, it, AI is such a, a broad, a broad area, uh, machine learning and AI. Most of us, I think myself included, encounter AI in a lot of the most current types of implementations. I, it seems like chat GPT has proliferated. Everybody uses it. They think it's the, you know, the greatest thing and it's revolutionizing how we interact with uh, AI and machine learning. Also AI for, you know, uh, cell phones, how it produces data, focuses on what we what we search. But help us understand how AI has been used in the medical field specifically and what advances it's brought. Yes, exactly. And uh, I think that AI is also very popular in automotive, right? Because this is where uh, the self-driving capacity, uh, everybody kind of recognizes uh, all that smartness uh, in a car uh, yeah, coming absolutely. from AI. And um, in healthcare is no different than in other market segments. The AI has um, made its way to different uh, medical domains. Um, it helps with um, natural language processing, for example. You can uh, extract clinical insights from uh, some textual notes. Um, AI is uh, also commonly used in uh, speech recognition. Um, and in the hospital environment, uh, you can have uh, um, clinical notes uh, during surgery um, being dictated by a doctor. Um, and uh, those notes can be um, logged somewhere in a hospital system as the surgery progresses. Um, you can also use speech recognition in uh, certain testing. Um, so if uh, there are certain, I don't know, maybe patients' voice issues and uh, um, or medical symptoms that can be identified by certain voice patterns, uh, speech recognition comes in quite handy. Um, but uh, I think that um, we we all think about AI and uh, maybe maybe video computer vision and how that is uh, used to identify different patterns and learn from those patterns uh, so that um, in an intelligent way, you can assist better um, medical personnel in things such as um, tumors and lesion detection, um, or there are, you mentioned robotics, um, and um, robots are also present in a hospital operating room, right? So computer vision, can be viewed as AI in um, healthcare, assisting um, or robot surgery, assisting with uh, visual guidance. Right. Um, and then uh, also maybe uh, the last uh, field that I would mention is maybe certain anomaly detection, um, which uh, 
when you analyze complex signals coming from a human body, um, such as maybe a, uh, you know, your EKG um, that you can collect over extended periods of time, uh, if there are certain anomalies in that signal, um, before doctor even takes a closer look at it, um, an algorithm and AI with machine learning can probably uh, provide early detection of uh, certain illnesses and alert medical personnel of possible issues. Right, right. That, that, that's fantastic. I, I had a, a, a interesting uh, friend who actually had a family history of, uh, of a very specific disease process. She was not afflicted by it, but exactly what you said, she was able to go in and get genetic screening, which identified a, a, a higher risk uh, in her because it had a, a genetic predisposition for it. And without that, you know, you didn't really have concrete evidence that there could be uh, an issue uh, in her future um, health. So that's fascinating. Also, uh, one thing that comes to my mind is like the Human Genome Project that's been done, you know, maybe a decade or so ago, but that could have never been done without the specific compute and also AI that that goes into that for the reasons that that you just stated. So, so many wonderful trends. Yeah, and and I think that um, part of uh, confusion or how people maybe wrongly think about artificial intelligence is that it's an algorithm. Um, and it's uh, it's not really an algorithm. It's um, it's it's uh, it's basically um, uh, the algorithm that is used to train the data set, and then um, based on that, um, you can provide future data sets from other patients. And based on what um, the data set has already learned, you can you can provide uh, you know approximation as to what it is, right? It, it helps us analyze data. Right, right, and it it helps it helps also give us uh, statistical advantages when we try to make decisions based on that data. That's uh, that's fascinating. Uh, also, my experience recently in in the hospital with myself and a relative is I couldn't believe the amount of IoT devices uh, in the hospital. We've all seen them, but they've become so much more intelligent and how uh, uh, circuits have evolved and become so much more smaller and everything is now Wi-Fi or network enabled. These devices generate data and it transmits that data between certain facilities within the hospital to create these uh, advancements in diagnostics and how rapidly you can you can analyze this data. Tell us, help us understand what kind of security implications uh, that brings out. Um, indeed, there is uh, more and more of those smart devices uh, installed within the hospital network, and they no longer are viewed as a single self-contained um, intelligent device. They, the intelligence comes from all types of data that is being collected by different IoT nodes sensors, inputs. Um, and when you look at um, a device uh, with uh, machine learning, with artificial intelligence that's uh, installed on it, um, you can view, um, you, you can actually see various different uh, risks and security um, flaws maybe. Um, you can uh, view the risks associated to uh, data privacy attacks. Um, if um, the data that's arriving at the machine 
is somehow um, changed uh, or manipulated. Uh, it can uh, cause a very weird output from the uh, model itself, right? Because the model might not take into account uh, correctly the data that uh, are being fed. Um, there is there is this training data poisoning also, which uh, is a risk um, for uh, artificial intelligence. So before you start feeding any data, um, you have to train the model. Um, you have to make it intelligent. So if at that point in time, the training data is uh, affected, if a hacker gains access to uh, um, to our training set, um, then of course the model is not going to do what it's intended for. Um, there's also an issue of adversarial inputs where you can inject certain certain information into uh, the model itself. And uh, of course, uh, a big issue is of model extraction. If you look at the model, um, that is created based on um, artificial intelligence uh, training data set. Um, it's an actual IP for the company because if a medical vendor builds, I don't know, um, uh, an analysis device of sorts that looks at uh, skin pictures and tries to identify whether this is uh, cancerous or not, um, it takes a lot of uh, training and time to uh, create a model that is capable of uh, accurately discovering other uh, cancer in, in samples. So now if a hacker um, breaks into a hospital device and is able to extract the model, um, it's like stealing IP from a company, right? So it's important um, to implement necessary security measures uh, around intelligent devices to protect the models, to protect the intelligence that companies spend probably a lot of money and time to develop. Right, right. That, that that's very interesting when you when you put it in that framework. Now, once this data set gets trained and it's uh, reliable, producing reliable uh, uh, results. Uh, you deploy a model on on devices, whether they're handheld devices, whether they're diagnostic equipment, and those devices run on you know small form factor type of uh, machines. All of these are running operating systems. A lot of them now are running operating systems based on Linux or Linux type of operating systems. And as those models get deployed, how then does the aspect of security roll in at the operating system level, which is running these models, producing this data and distributing it throughout a medical systems organization? Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, this is where uh, I think uh, regulation comes uh, uh, into picture a little bit as well. We, we can probably talk about this a bit more next, but um, there is uh, requirements um, in place um, that come from regulation um, or regulatory bodies that put emphasis on implementing security measures in medical devices. And that includes implementing um, authentication of uh, the software and models that are running on a device. So 
the device is never going to accept a model that's not coming from an authorized vendor. You can, uh, you should implement uh, encryption to protect um, the IP. So the model should be encrypted and uh, the encryption should be efficient enough to um, not impact the performance. Um, you can um, harden the device, you can implement uh, various security measures around um, device communication. So you've talked about, um, Mondo, about um, how devices in the hospital right now communicate with each other. So that communication should be secured or must be secured. Um, and um, uh, those devices run software. Software is not a static thing. Uh, and um, every day there are new vulnerabilities that are reported against um, a software that runs on devices, medical included. Um, and uh, what regulations um, uh, basically require uh, companies is to put a, a security monitoring process in place for devices that are released in a, in a market, uh, such that um, you can be aware of new vulnerabilities that are reported against that software that runs already in a field, and so that as a, a medical device vendor, you can take action. You can uh, let the hospital know, hey, um, this device can be potentially hacked through such and such means, or um, you should upgrade to uh, the new firmware that we are providing right now, right? So there are different actions um, that come out of that. But uh, yes, uh, implementing security is paramount to um, uh, keeping the um, artificial intelligence, the IP, the the models uh, secure. Right, right. Yeah, that that's very interesting. T tell me, TimeSys has some innovative approaches to this. I noticed you have a couple of uh, very innovative products that can really help uh, devices time to market quicker, while also guaranteeing security of that transmitted data. Can you help us understand? Yes, absolutely. There are basically two products or three products, um, if you will. Uh, first one is called VigiShield, and it's a product that is designed to help companies implement security measures of the device, um, secure boot, chain of trust, encryption, closing ports, um, and various other security measures, which are pretty common in uh, requirements for medical devices. We have then um, also a solution called uh, Vigilus. Vigilus is a cybersecurity monitoring tool. It's a, basically a, a solution, a tool that um, takes as an input software bill of materials for your product, and it can report uh, continuously on new vulnerabilities that are uh, reported against that product. So um, it, it structures nicely how um, how you are consuming the security feed uh, for the product and actions that are coming out of this. Uh, this is this is something that's required by FDA, NISA, and and other regulatory bodies uh, across the globe. Um, and then we also have uh, an offering called uh, BSP Maintenance, where it's uh, it's a time system that's uh, using Vigilus tools. We monitor the uh, software, the product software for a vendor, and we are implementing fixes um, for available fixes for CVEs. 
And uh, then we release that to a vendor who then uh, runs final checks, um, builds the final firmware, and uh, is able to uh, very efficiently and quickly uh, release the security fixes uh, in a field. That's a very innovative approach. I mean, it really takes uh, uh, security to the next level down at the small device level, uh, as well as those larger diagnostic type of machines. What, how has this been deployed so far? Can you help us uh, uh, describe some success, some use cases? Uh, yes, we have uh, a lot of customers in medical field who uh, basically integrated our uh, vigilance tools with their um, CI/CD systems and um, created an automated process that tracks the security uh, issues. Um, it uh, helped them with um, um, submission of uh, various documentation to uh, uh, regula regulators, um, so FDA, um, and um, uh, there is also ENISA um, that. Um, that has a set of uh, stand well requirements. There is a medical medical device requirements document as well, by which the medical um, device vendors live. Um, so these solutions uh, not only help solve the problem, but um, Vigilus uh, helps uh, with um, um, acceptance, right? With uh, the finals. Uh, final blessing by regulators that this device has, in, in fact, a security process implemented and um, that it follows the guidelines. That's wonderful. I, I know through my experience, security is usually uh, more of a reactive type of uh, uh, workflow. Uh, threat is identified, you react to it, but a lot of people don't consider security as being much more proactive looking at the data at it's being generated and and how to identify those threats in real time and that seems to be especially important in the medical field it's great that you talk about because this is also changing right this uh, security is no longer an afterthought um the new regulations so in various regulations there was a language uh, used so far that um you know certain features should be there um it, it wasn't a requirement requirement. And uh, in the past, over the past year, that language started to change, especially around uh, security. Um, those uh, regulations nowadays use the, the words such as uh, essential, must have. Um, so also certain regulations uh, right now introduce liability um, for medical vendors uh, in case of uh, device being hacked, if the medical vendor doesn't have those security measures. Um, all that is uh, driving the adoption of um, security measures in medical, in medical products. So it's no longer, uh, you know, something that needs to be added at the end of the uh, product uh, implementation. Security right now through the shift left approach is being considered as a must-have uh, piece of the design, initial design of a device, and then, of course, follow-on implementation. Right, right. Well, wow, this is such a fascinating discussion. Maciej, I wanna, I wanna thank you for spending the time with us today, uh, helping us understand how security is 
working, especially with AI in the medical field. This is a, a very important discussion, and, and thank you for uh, helping educate everyone on uh, how this is being implemented. Also, thanks for discussing your innovative approach through TimeSys. Thank you for having me. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed today's podcast with Maciej Halash of uh, TimeSys Linux. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you.